On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I get it deeper into the bench as we start off with Furkan Korkmaz and Shake Milton, their roles this season, and what does it mean for the next campaign for those two. We'll also get into something else regarding more of the NBA, the finals, and one more thing as we get things started next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I am Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia alongside my co-host and partner Keith Pompey of The Inquirer, Sixers beat writer. What's going on, Keith? What's good, man? How you been? Oh, man, doing all right. Uh, man, you know, we talked about the Celtics already, so we'll move on from that. We got to get into the, the bench a little bit with the Sixers. But first, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available wherever you get your podcast, including right here on all platforms like YouTube. So Keith and I right here, Locked On 76ers. Keith, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton. Let's start off with Furkan Korkmaz. A three-year contract he signed in the offseason, three years, $15 million, and uh, he played this year 67 games, starting 19 of those, 7.6 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 1.9 assists. His shooting splits on the season, Furkan Korkmaz, he had 38.7% from the floor, 28.9 from three, 81 from the foul line, 515 inside the three-point line i think keith where we need to start is at 28.9 for furcon Korkmaz behind the three-point line big drop off a huge drop off i mean you look at furcon Korkmaz. he's a guy who who got minutes just because the the bench and and the and the, the the team was just depleted you know they struggled like ideally you know he's a guy that you don't want to play i mean let's uh, and and i like furcon i like him as a person but I've seen some regression, you know, beforehand, he was a guy, he was injured early on. He was a, then you say he's a three point shooter. He did a little bit, little, little bit of things, but then it just seemed like, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but it just seemed as he regressed a little bit and his, his struggles tend to show up when they go up against athletic teams, like young athletic teams. And that's when you see, his deficiencies in regards to putting the ball on the floor and all those other things. But, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's an NBA player. I'm going to give him yes. that. Yes. But he's just not consistent enough for you to, for him to be a player that you really need to depend on. Especially when you're talking about a, a championship contender, possibly, and mm -hmm. having to lean on him where they don't just lean on him, Keith, from time to time. They need him for his three-point shooting. By the way, he's a 35% career three-point shooter and at 28.9 he got the contract because he shot the ball pretty well uh, a season ago so they also rely on him for his ball handling ability to be a secondary ball handler should they need them to go that direction where uh, if maxi or or you want harris or harden off the ball or you have one of those players on the bench and he's the the sub there he was primarily supposed to be that first sub when we talked about the six man with george niang in our last episode he was really supposed to be that primary six man. And they paid him as such three years, $15 million. 
because of his his uh his outside shooting touch and again his ability to handle the basketball good size at six six or so and maybe maybe being able to keep up with some of those players that he's playing with with the second unit uh, uh defending them not a great defender but being able to hold his own that's all they're asking of him to do but to your point man he just looked like the shell of himself where the confidence thing just really got to him where he couldn't maintain what he was brought back to be with that contract where he worked so hard to get totally different player man he had a couple of games where you're like okay he's maybe starting to bounce back he's starting to get into his groove again but for the most part disappointing season he even said as much when we talked to him at the end of the season really disappointing season from Furcon Corkmas yeah you're exactly right and 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 not only that you know I got to a point where you know, let's face it, they just gave up on him. They gave yep. up on him, and they gave up on the guy we're going to talk about next, Shake Milton. And then what happened is, remember they played that game against Miami mm-hmm. where Joel Embiid and James Harden didn't play, and both of these guys came out and were like guns a-blazing. And 20 points for Shake Milton, 18 for Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah, and, and you're thinking like, okay, they're back. They arrived. And then gradually you start seeing Furk going back to the guy that he was. And, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe he had a tough time understanding his role, which he should not have because mm-hmm. he's roles to come in there and knock down shots and, and just play with some energy. But you're right. He just he just took a couple steps backward, man, backwards. And, and I like him. He's an indefinite NBA player. It's just that instead of him taking that step forward, he's regressing a little bit. Um, and you know, let's face it, he 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 he's what in his fourth year, played yeah. four years in the yeah. NBA. You know, he he should be further along. So what what would you what would you say uh really for him again? Is it more about knocking down the shots and being comfortable with knocking down the shots, just overall with his confidence level? In order for him to bounce back to that form, if he does come back, what would you say it is for him that he needs to do to get uh to get back into the good graces of the Sixers front office, the coaching staff? To bring him back and feel confident comfortable if he is back i, I kind of think he needs to have some bring up his confidence but i also wonder if 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 it's his lack of growth is because he's always playing and he doesn't have a time to work on his game in the offseason uh, playing you for know what i mean because yeah. you know he's waiting for his country of turkey so but at the same time i think he needs to get that confidence back because he can do it it's just that he can't sustain it he just can't, you know. Um, yeah. George Niang needs to lose weight. Furkan Korkmaz needs some sure of that. <laughs> he, needs to, he, he he needs to, you know, he just needs to get some confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about the other guy that you spoke of, Shake Milton, his bench partner. Uh, also, not a great season, and the roles just kind of got lost as the season went along. We'll do that next. Shake Milton on the other side, locked on 76ers. Right now, we want to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest, latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's baseball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. 
I'm telling you, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Today. Stop messing around, folks. Today. You heard them. <laughs> Thank you for making Locked On 76 is your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game. Right now, only the NBA Finals with analysis from our local experts is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And Keith, or as we move on to Shake Milton, he did average 8.2 points per game in 55 appearances, starting six games, 2.6 boards, 2.5 assists. His shooting splits on the season, he shot 43% from the floor, 32 from three with, with uh, two attempts per game off the bench, and 83.6 from the foul line, 48 from inside the three-point line for his twos, and he averaged 21.4 minutes per night in his 55 games played. Now, we know he missed a lot of time. So when you look at the 55, you say he missed 27 games. A lot of those games that he missed was when he had that really bad back injury that he was dealing with midway through the season. So he missed a, a good chunk of time there. And you wonder if he ever really got back into the groove. And then when he did, <coughs> Maxie was already being Maxie and James Harden was here. So I, I really don't know what to make of it. He has a, a team option right now for his contract, Keith. And this is also going to be an interesting one because with Korkmaz and with Milton, they don't have a lot of guard or wing depth in general to just move on from these two. There has to be a contingency plan, which there will be. I'm not going to say they're going to move on and not address it, but they must have a contingency plan if they decide to move on from both Korkmaz and Milton. But first, his season, Keith, do you feel like he ever bounced back from that back injury and then the James Harden trade happened? You know, that's a great question. I, I feel like he, the James Harden train, excuse me, trade occurred and it never really gave him an opportunity to, to bounce back. I mean, there was times where he had minutes, but he was basically a shell of himself. Now, if you want to ask me if he bounced back, I say he did because based off of what we saw in that final playoff game, game six, he was the only person. Him and Maxie. Him and Maxie. But for the most part, it was, you know, it was him, right? Yeah. So so the deal is, you know, what I mean by the James Harden trade is when you look at Shake Milton, all season he had to sacrifice. Like they made him a backup point guard. You know, that point guard experiment didn't really work well in the bubble when they had him playing with Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. He, he wasn't you know, awful, though. He wasn't awful. He wasn't awful, but the difference is that the problem is with him is he's not really a point guard no, in regards to having a, a handle and all that stuff. So a lot of times what teams were doing is they were pressuring him, forcing him to turn the ball over. He'll do that. But in regards to being a lead guard, an attacking guard, a scoring guard, oh, he can do that. He can come in and be like an old term, like a Vinnie Microwave guy, like a guy that just comes in and his role is just to get buckets. But as far as reading, I mean, running an offense and distributing and getting the ball to other people, I feel like that's not one of his strengths. Now, when James Harden came, it was more like, okay, Shake, we know you're used to getting the ball, going downhill, doing stuff but we need you to spread the floor. We need you to do this and do that. That's not his game. So, you know, right now you look at Shake Milton, and if this roster stays the same that it is, he's not a great fit. I mean, 
because of James is going to have the ball. You're going to want Maxie to have the ball. You want the role players to be uh, uh, space setters and get out of the way. So, you know, I think that if the 76ers can get somebody that they feel extremely comfortable with, I think Shake Milton is out of here. I, I do. Now, I do believe that, hey, you're going to you're, you're losing a lot and you need to take care of that. I mean, you need to, you know, alter some things. So if you do keep him, that where you can take advantage of him being that scorer off the bench. But as long as everything stays the same and if they don't make any adjustments, he's just not a great fit anymore. Yeah. When you talk about the beginning of the season and so much going you know, up and down because of the Simmons part, figuring out Maxie being the starter but also Shake Milton having an opportunity. I remember the preseason games, Keith. Maxie had to miss a game, and Shake Milton played really well. And I, I thought to keep Maxie in that role as a, as a six-man, to your point, microwave Vinny Johnson coming off the bench, instant offense, that you go with Shake Milton, who, can, who had the experience because he's done it before with Ben Simmons being out, and he played well during that preseason uh, game or two that he had. I was like, all right, maybe you go with Shake Milton. But then he had to miss the game. Maxie came back, and you saw right away from that New Orleans, New Orleans game, game one, that was Maxie's job and Maxie's job alone. Then Milton, again, got into the situation with the uh, the back problem after taking that hard spill. And while he was able to come back, and to your point, the Miami game, the final game of the season uh, against Miami in the postseason, I'm talking about the Miami game regular season, and then the – the finale uh, before the season ended, you saw that he had it, but it's all about the consistency to your point of what he could potentially do with this team. The fit here, I'm curious. I, I really am to see if it's something that they could really pull off and keeping him, bringing him back, but also improving the roster where maybe they don't rely on him as much, but still keep him around at a lower number that he has. When we get back, we'll talk about if Korkmaz and Milton will stick around. Should they stick around? and get into a few other things around the NBA, the NBA Finals, and something with LeBron James. It's reported that he's finally a billionaire. What is he going to do with that money? There's a report out there that we need to talk about, and that's next right here on Locked On 76ers. And before we get to all of that, I got to tell you about Sakara. Yes, if you're wanting to look, improve your body and eat healthy and eat right, Sakara is it for you. If you're feeling your best starts with you and eating, well, Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want so you can walk around feeling good during the summer and looking good. By the way, you got to do it today, people. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. It's a plant-rich ingredient uh, place and their product. It's really good. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 to order. Enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. That's Sakara.com slash locked on 20. Welcome back. Do it today, people. 
Okay. <laughs> you know what? This I know we're gonna get in trouble for saying that, but every time you say Sakura, I want to remember, remember that uh song Shakira. Shakira Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> uh, do it. Do it today, Keith. Do it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, but it's just <laughs> um will will both of these players be back? Furkan Korkmaz, Shake oh, Milton. Man. Why you know, will they be back? Why won't they be back? I don't think. I mean, in the, I don't think Shake's coming back. I I, I don't. Um, you know, I, I, they need to save money. They also have that draft pick that they're going to pick up. I mean, that they have unless they can trade it. Like I, I think if if every if they can't get what they want, I I don't think Shake's coming back. You know, I mean, he's probably their best defender. I mean, he's probably one of their top two best reserves, not defender, but reserves. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think that, you know, um, Ferk, he may come back just because they may not have a team that wants him unless they can lump him into a trade. Right. But, uh, but, uh, you know, he's on the, he's still on the books. Right. You know, I, I think that those shake the fact that there's a team option. Um, if like, unless they, if they can't, unlo- if they, if they can't get what they want, I, I think he's not going to be around. I honestly yeah. do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I would be surprised if both are back. Uh, maybe one. Yeah. You'd have to lean. It would probably be, to your point, Cork Miles. But I also wonder if he is the one that would be gone because to make the salaries match on a potential deal, his $5 million would fit well into any scenario where they may make a move. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out with those two and their future with this basketball team and see where, where they fit in. Neither one of them are, have been brought in by Rivers or Maury. So I'm very curious to see, even though they did bring, while Maury and Rivers are back, they re-signed Korkmaz. I am very curious to see if, if that continues after his poor shooting, specifically from the three-point line this past season, under 30% from deep. Um, the NBA Finals, we talked about a game for tonight in Boston, Keith, and uh, the Boston Celtics up 2-1 after a 16-point win over the Golden State Warriors. I, when I was looking at the box score, we saw the game, but looking at the box score, turnovers and points off of turnovers in tough times, tough spots. They had a big third quarter Golden State to pull themselves within four, and then they only scored 11 points in the fourth quarter, turning the ball over, and I think they gave up uh, eight points off their seven turnovers in that final frame where Boston took advantage of that and walked away with the 16-point win. Offensive rebounds, 15-6. to six. That's how you lose basketball games. Those are the things right there, in my opinion, that you have to clean up right there. Right there. Second chance points, points off the turnovers. That's it. Yeah, That's you're right. That, yep. I mean, you're right. You're right. That's what it is. I mean, hey, but, you know, again, we, we'll find out tomorrow about Steph, too. I mean, we'll find out later a little bit today. Yeah. And yesterday Steph. he did say he was going to try to give it a go. So he was going to play. So yeah. I'd imagine that he does give it a go. But I want I'm talking about yeah, he's gonna give it a go, but I want to see how effective how he looks. He is. Yeah, yeah, how he looks. But you know, I mean, you expect Draymond and them to come out and do something, you know, it, it's like you know, after he's getting destroyed again. So you expect Draymond to come out with some fire, some energy. I mean, he loves being the villain. I mean, so we'll see. We'll see. Yes, yeah, he he can't foul out uh like he did. On, on Wednesday night. And the, the other story, Keith, uh, from the day was uh, LeBron James, new, newly reported billionaire. Finally, 
LeBron James. No surprise to any of us. But the other thing, which really isn't a surprise, but we finally heard him say it, that he wants to own a team and Keith, he wants to own one in Las Vegas. We've heard about possible expansion. Two of the cities that have been mentioned a lot, Seattle getting a franchise again, which they should have never lost, and Las Vegas. We've had a football team, a hockey team, a, a, a WNBA team, success in all three. Everything seems like it's working okay. Will he be able to pull this off? I wouldn't doubt him. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt him. I mean, you know, you there might be a couple of teams that's going to try to fight him to hurry up and move to Las Vegas first. Good but, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I you know, here's the thing about it. You know, you, we look at it. They use the WNBA team, for lack of a better word, as a guinea pig to see how the Aces would do. Also, the NHL team to see Golden how Knights. that happened, right? And the Golden Knights, and, and both of them fared very well, right? Now you look at it, the Raiders, and I. it's funny. You know, I went to the Raiders uh, facility until they told me how much it was going to cost me to tour the stadium. I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. I ain't a Raiders fan <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I'm good. I'm good. They were like, but we'll give you some wine. Nah, bro, I'm not walking around here for a glass of wine. But listen, so anyway, um, <laughs> there was an expensive glass of wine. I put it that way for the tour. But to get back, <laughs> get back on track. You know, I, I think that it will work out well, and and I guess it'll be good for LeBron. The question is, though, I'm assuming that the Las Vegas team and is, is going, you know, they're going to have to do some expansion, of course, expansion. But I'm assuming that that's going to have to be, you know, a Western Conference team, and then if Seattle, you add another team with Seattle, who are going to be the teams from the West that go over to the East? I mean, is it going to be New Orleans? New Orleans, maybe. Yeah, New Orleans, and and who else? So. You know, what I mean, I, I think that, you know, as, as that's a lot to consider, you know, when you think of really getting down to it. But but I do believe that there will be um, a team in Vegas in the future, um, regardless if it's expansion or someone leaving to go to Vegas, um, um, you know, uh, you know, moving from one site to the next. But 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 I think it's a it's a good it's a good place to have a team just because it's a success okay. that the other teams have had. That's that's what I wanted to hear. And again, wouldn't surprise me if LeBron at some point put together a, a group that they bid on a franchise, whether it's Las Vegas or, or somewhere else. We got to thank you for making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day. Our next episode, we'll get into a little bit more of the overall team, the bench uh, with the leftover players that we have. We can put them all in one podcast. No disrespect, fellas. Uh, now make your second listen locked on NBA, locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, have a great weekend, man. Let the people know where they can find us. You guys can find us anywhere that you get it where you listen to a podcast at. Subscribe to us anywhere where you get a podcast at. But on the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to this Locked On 76ers YouTube channel by clicking on the Liberty Bell on the podcast. And you can follow my man, Lincoln's Finest, <laughs> DivineG975 on Twitter. So it's at DivineG975 on Twitter. And you can follow me at Pompey on Sixers. Have a great weekend, man. It was great working with you this week, as always. And we'll get back at it next week. And we'll talk about the finals after game four. Game five is on Monday. So we'll check in on that one as well. Thanks, man.
All right, thanks for talking to you, bro. It would be, I think, uh, I think Boston's going to go up 3 1, and then it's going to be 3 2. <laughs> then, then game six, the Celtics are going to pull it out. Wow. The one time I want to be wrong about a prediction will be this one. I said Boston in six. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, my man. Thanks, man. All right, peace.